Hey, can you hear me? All right. Hey, we are starting a new series this week, and I couldn't be more happy about it. We're calling it Thanks and Giving. Woohoo! Yeah, yeah. Uh, see what I did there? And uh, anyways, um, so uh, Thanks and Giving, it'll be a three-week series, and we are ending this series um, with uh, a, a pretty cool, uh, at the end of the month, we'll do uh, a testimony service, and uh, we'll take communion together. Uh, I think it'll be one of your favorite services. Worship is going to be a lot different that week, and uh, we're just trying to put some creativity in it as we close out November. And so you'll want to be here for the last Sunday here in November. Did some research this week um, and found out that uh, pretty disturbing information came out from the CDC just recently. They said that they um, that since... May of last year, anxiety in America has tripled. So from May through September, anxiety results of 2019 compared to this year has literally tripled to 25% of Americans have been diagnosed with anxiety. Wow! And then they said that depression has four times of what it was. And that is also up over now, 25% of Americans have been diagnosed with depression year over year, so May through September. And as we head into every time of the holidays, I don't know if you're aware of this, but many people, uh, the, the, it, it actually just it goes higher for people that struggle with depression or anxiety during the holidays. And as we gear into that, I think that it's super important that we learn some of God's um, weapons and design to protect us and empower us through some of those things that we don't have to rely on medication. And so anyways, I'm going to show you guys some things that I believe um, can be very, very, very empowering in light of these things. I too um, have struggled with depression in my own life. Um, I too have struggled with anxiety in my own life. In fact, this year has been a big battle for me with anxiety since March, if you would. I think everyone got a pretty big curveball thrown their way. And uh, what I'm, I'm seeing, you're even seeing it maybe now in the news, a lot of pastors that have struggled with things that maybe didn't go unchecked. And um, it's, it can get ugly if you don't uh, recognize that things are, are, are difficult on the inside. And sometimes you have to do an internal check. Um, and so what I have found is that while God's people can struggle with anxiety and depression, it is not something that God wants you to, to battle on your own uh, because it, it, it does contradict the fruits of the Spirit to those that are born again, okay? Love, joy, peace, patience, anxiety will fight that. I mean, it will literally go hand in hand. It's a warfare that's going on on the inside and no one on the outside even knows that it's, it's a battle within you. But I do want you to know that it is a battle that the Lord wants to fight with you and overcome for you. D does this make sense? Uh, and so today we're talking about something that would be simple on the outside, but I'm going to show you just how awesome this can be to even uh, a believer who may have been a believer for 30 years and isn't practicing these powerful principles. Fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. These are things that if we're born again, God wants us to be enjoying. What is a fruit of the Spirit? Let me just stop before I even get into the message. 
Fruit of the Spirit is a Christian term pulled out of Galatians chapter 5, and it's the scenario that you can recognize a tree based on the fruit of the tree. So you can look at a believer and recognize that they're a believer because there are things that are going on on the inside that's recognizable on the outside. Love, joy, peace, patience. These are characteristics that believers should have in their life. And I think sometimes what's happening in believers is we're moving so fast that we aren't slowing down to recognize that the fruit can get rotten if we aren't careful about what's going on. Does this make sense? Sweet. So I'm going to jump into the message with my first point today is this is God's will for you to rejoice. Rejoice. It's God's will. Rejoice, 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 rejoice. Before we do that, hey, there are some testimonies that's happening in our church right here. And on the app that we have here at our church, I'm looking for some testimonies that'll help us with that service that we're gonna do, the, the last of the, of the month. And so I'm looking for different kinds. Some testimonies that are recent and some that are from the past. Some from financial, some from physical healing, some uh, maybe relational, some maybe just because our church exists, you experience God's grace in your life. Uh, we are dying for to hear some of these testimonies that have happened in your life, and it's God's design that we will empower other believers based on what God has done through you. It's so good to be able to recognize, well, you struggled with that too? I'm struggling with that right now. You're the person I need to talk to, not that preacher. I got I to gotta go see you. And that's the design of the church that we connect believers. Uh, cool. It's God's will. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, it says this, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong in Christ Jesus. Be thankful. Today, this message is about giving thanks. It's not just something that we do on Thanksgiving Day, but according to the scripture, this is something that should be happening in, in, in the believers in all circumstances, in everything that we're doing, that we're recognizing, I'm giving thanks, man. Hey, God's doing great things in my life. Hey, God's doing great things in my life. This is the apostle Paul saying that God wants you to do what people are often saying. Well, I don't know what God wants me to do in my life. Let's, let's narrow it down to Christianity 101. Let's give thanks. What are you thankful for? I believe some of the greatest moves of God, honestly, that's happening in my life is when I'll change my perspective from what is wrong to what is right. What is right in your life? I'm going to tell you how to have a move of God in your life. Some of you haven't had it in a while in your life. This is God's will that we stop and we give thanks I'm telling you, today in a simple message, there's a powerful experience to be had here. If, if we were to turn our scriptures today to Philippians chapter 4, this is awesome. Let's pray. Hey, Jesus, I need your help. I need you to move here among us. Amen. And I want to welcome everyone at home I believe that God's going to do some powerful things there with you in your car, on your phone, on your TV, whatever's going on in your life today. Philippians chapter 4 would say it this way, always be full of joy in the Lord. Always be full of joy in the Lord. And I want you to recognize that there are some here that maybe you're not battling anxiety and you're not battling depression, 
But this is a difficult thing to take on, always being full of joy. I also like the way Paul writes this, that he's not saying, I want you to have a measure of, of, of joy. He's not saying, I want you to look at life. Sometimes I, I'm an optimist. And so I think sometimes I can look at things with the glass half full, but we're not talking about the glass half full. We're talking about the glass full. Amen. There's a big difference. You know what I mean? Like, like the truth is I'm full of joy. And, I, and, and then Paul would go on to say in verse 4, always be full of joy in the Lord. And I say it again, rejoice. Like, I, man, I, maybe I'm just going to say it to the people who are only listening. I got to say it again. I got to get your attention. I love the way Paul would and Jesus would have this ability to say the same thing twice in a sentence because we're not hearing it. To almost make it more important, believers, we have got to get good at recognizing the good things that's going on in our lives all around us. Be full of joy, and I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember that the Lord is coming soon. That's a powerful verse right there. Verse 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. What are you worried about today? What are you worried about today? What are you worried about today? I actually met with three friends this week, and I felt like the Lord gave me the same advice for all of them. What are your worries? Write them down. What are the things that's got your attention? Write them down. Burn it. Pray about it. Do whatever you got to do, but you got to figure out a way to give this thing that you're carrying to someone who can actually carry it. But there are things that are weighing us down, and what it's doing is it is stealing. The enemy came to steal to kill and destroy, and he is literally destroying joy. He is literally destroying peace. He is literally destroying all the things that God has designed you to have. What are you carrying today? What are you worried about? Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Now, let me just stop there for a second. I've got to get believers back again into prayer. There are so many of us that love Jesus with all of our hearts, and we have forgotten how to connect and have relationship with him. This is paramount, guys. We cannot have relationship with anyone if we don't actually dialogue with them. And, we, and back to the simplicity of Christianity, if we're worrying about something, we give it to God. We talk to him, we pray about it, and then we let him have it. It's like if we're married to someone and you don't work, you've got to trust the other person with the finances. If something's going on with something, a task, and they're building something, you've got to trust their ability to do it. We all have different roles in this thing, and there are things that are in our life that we weren't meant to carry. Pray about it. Now don't worry about it. And then it says this, I love this, and thank him for all that he has done. I'm telling you, there is a power in praise. There is a power in praise. And then, verse 7, you will experience God's peace. Did you hear that? When you don't worry about it, pray about it, give it to God, then you'll experience God's peace. It's in this relationship, guys. We know about it. Some of us have been Christian for so long and forget that you actually, we have to connect. 
We talked about last week disconnecting from things in this world and plugging back into connect to Christianity. We do that by interacting and talking to Jesus. We gotta have our one-on-one time with the Lord. We gotta have our date with him where we talk. Hey, Jesus, hey, remember me? Hey, can we talk about some things that's burdening me? It's got me weighed down a little bit. And then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I prophesy over you today. You want to know something that will supersede anything you understand? It's God's presence. And when you know that he's with you, you won't worry about it because you'll realize that the God that loves you is much bigger and much more capable of dealing with all the little things that we're worried about. I prophesy about you and your relationship with Jesus. Just go to that quiet place where there's no one else, where there's no preacher, where there's no worship team, where it's you and God, and you'll experience the Prince of Peace. At verse eight, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Hey, hey, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right. I'm just gonna stop there for a second. True and honorable and right. It sounds like nothing that we've been reading. (laughs) Sounds like nothing that we're getting on social media or from the news. Whole lot of information going out right now and it's got everyone dizzy. How about we fix our thoughts on what we know is true? I need to get us back to Jesus. That's a word from the Lord right now. You cannot hear anything else I say today. If you just hear that, that's a good word right there. Good job, preacher. That's good, ma'am. That's good stuff right there. Hey, hey, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable. I love that part. And what is right and pure and lovely and admirable. Sounds like, like those are good things we should be thinking about and not so much how am I going to pay this? How am I going to do this? How am I going to change that person? How am I going to get them to think more like me? Just think about what's lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all that you have learned and received from me. Everything you have heard from me and saw me doing, and then the God of peace will be with you. I almost wonder like if our thoughts and our worries are separating us from God. Like he's trying to get us to see and do something and we're so busy doing things that are not what God is putting in front of us. When we wake up in the morning, what is your mission? Is it already laid out for you? I feel like if we're not careful, we can start this entire week with our whole schedule determined to us by the things of this world or by corporate America or by our children or by our husband or by whatever. And if we don't figure out where direction is, this is... Pray about the things that are bothering you. Fix your eyes on what's truth and lovely and holy and pure. And then the God of peace will be with you. It's almost like maybe we've missed it by doing a lot of good things and nothing great. Dramatic pause. Always be full of joy in the Lord. And I think 
what's happening in America right now is anxiety and depression and people are going darker into things that they're stressed out about and they can't get their eyes off of these things. And it happens with simple meditation by, by quieting ourselves and getting quieter and fixing our eyes on the author and finisher of our faith. The noise gets quieter. Hmm. Well, it brings me to my second point today, and it's this. It's, it's um, praise is a weapon. I, uh, I was thinking about this. Hey, and um, I, in my own life, I have found that praise is one of the greatest warfares that I have used to get closer to God and find breakthrough in my life. Some of you have not learned how to do this. But when I was, um, this last year, I was reminded by reminding myself everything that's good when everything was hard. And I began to look, and I remember there was a moment where I was with my wife, and we were talking about our family and the kids, and it was almost like I had a first moment of clarity. And I just cried. And I begin to see what is important in my life and what is good and how fast life is going right now, right? What is good? What is lovely? What is pure? What is holy? What is important? And we fix our eyes on these things and I begin to realize that life is good. And there's some things that, we're, that you may be doing that's difficult or hard, but sometimes we have the wrong focus. So I begin to praise God. And in those moments, I, the Holy Spirit just began to overwhelm me. I've been good at praise in my life, and I don't know what praise means to you, but I want to encourage you to praise the Lord, to really praise Him. I don't know if you know this, but David in Psalms, uh, he, would, he would play music, and he would sing to the Lord, and it would even calm the spirits in King Saul. So if you're not good at praise yet, then what you can do is just listen to some praise and worship music, but, but shut everything else off and focus a good way to do praise is just get a piece of paper and pen out and, and write a whole bunch of numbers down before you even start and say, I'm going to get intentional about praise. All right, God, I praise you for my health. I praise you for these people that I love. I praise you for my finances. I praise you that there's a roof over my head. I praise you. And you begin to celebrate and worship God. And what will happen is there's a move of the Holy Spirit. It literally becomes a warfare. Praise is a weapon. You're like, yeah, I know this. I was thinking about simple truth today. Praise is a weapon. You know, I, I, I was thinking about this illustration. And I wanted to tell you praise is a weapon. And I was thinking I would be really cool if I had a sword. But I had already gotten to church today, and it was far too late for me to actually get a sword. And I, I looked at one person, and I said, man, I wish we had a sword. He goes, oh, there's a sword here at church. Sorry, what? There's somebody who drove to church today who has a sword in their car, and I saw it. Literally, that would be a miracle. Here you have it. A miracle. Praise is a weapon. And it's a weapon that you all understand Oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah, it praises a weapon. No, no, no. A sword is a simple weapon, but one that you can know how to use, sure, but you use it well. Like in all those like fighting movies, you know, like Braveheart and all these uh, uh, gladiator, there's not many guys that are good with a sword. <laughs> That's why like 800 million people die in the movie and there's one gladiator, you know? If praise is a weapon, 
Are you a warrior? How are you doing with this simple truth that is age old? And I want to take you in scripture and remind you that praise is a literal weapon. Like in Joshua chapter 6, verse 20, when, when they begin to dance around the city and worship God and they literally want a battle. Paul and Silas, everything's going wrong in their life and they, they're stoned and chained and imprisoned and they begin to sing. Sing. <laughs> Wait a second. This is not the best thing to do. If I was chained to Paul and he began to sing, I would be so daggone annoyed that he got me into this situation. You know what I mean? It's like if my wife gets me lost in New York City while I'm driving, if she starts singing, I'm stopping this car and kicking her out. You know? <laughs> Praise is a weapon. There's a passage in scripture I want to take you to quickly. It's found in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And uh, in this passage, we find King Jehoshaphat was up in a war against the Moabites and the Ammonites, and, and all of these armies came to, over, to fight him again. And in verse 21, what we find out, I'm sorry, in verse 15, what we find out is, uh, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says, do not be afraid, don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but it's God's. Tomorrow, march out against them, and then you will find them coming up through the ancient of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens in the wilderness of, of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. You won't need to fight. Just take your positions and then stand and watch the Lord's victory, for he is with you. I want you to know when you begin to cast your burdens on the Lord and pray about it, and we don't worry and we give it to God, what we recognize is that now the one that can actually come up with the solution is aware of the problem. And so many of us are fighting so hard, trying to Verse 21, after consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. It was Michael W. Smith showed up out of nowhere and he says, give thanks to the Lord. God is king. Your part is love. It doors forever. Give praise. No one else? All right. And at the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon and Moab and Mount Sinai to start fighting amongst themselves. They didn't even have to fight. I wonder, how good is your praise closet? How often do you celebrate God? When I celebrate God, this is what it looks like. I begin to call on all the names of God that I know. The Lion of the tribe of Judah the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the author and finisher of my faith, the lifter of my head, my strong tower, my fortress, my God in whom I trust, the rose of Sharon, the bright and the morning star. And I begin to name all, and I, you know what I realize in those moments? As I'm lifting God up higher and higher, I'm realizing that my, the things that I'm worried about are smaller and smaller. I get an idea of the throne and the one who sits on it. Praise the Lord. 
Praise is a weapon. So I'm going to try to close this here. As I was reading this, I kept getting one verse over and over again. And I love it so much. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read this from three different translations. And I'm going to try to highlight a couple phrases that are different in each translation. And so uh, I think we'll do the NIV first. And the NIV would say this. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. And he sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. To mourn, to comfort all who mourn. What he's talking about, I, I believe. I've never read this before in my whole life, but I believe he's talking about depression and anxiety and drug addiction and people that are just shaken and they don't recognize that freedom is already there and they can't see it. And the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to tell you to proclaim that this is the year of the Lord's favor and to provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow upon them a crown of beauty Instead of ashes. See, what they see is that their life is destroyed. But I'm going to give them a crown of beauty today. You're going to give it to them. An oil of joy instead of mourning. And a garment of praise. I love this. Instead of a spirit of heaviness. Can you name somebody in your life who has a spirit of heaviness? You know, the spirit of the Lord is upon you to let them know that God is giving them today a garment of praise. This is the call of God. Isn't this wonderful to know that all this worship that we did earlier and how God's moving in our lives, it's not just for you. All of the victory and the, I, I feel so strong when I'm in God's presence, great. Now go pick someone else up from, from the ground and let them know that the spirit of the Lord is upon them. A garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. And they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord in the, in the, for the display of the Lord's splendor. Let me read it to you a different way. This is the NKJV. He would say this. He says, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to those who are captives, opening of the prison doors for those who are bound. In verse 3, a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Why are you reading it over and over again? Because I want you to know, it's super important that this, this gets in, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon you because there are people in your life right now that feel broken, that feel without hope, that feel shut in, that feel overwhelmed. And they're caught up in all these emotions and they don't know the God of peace. And that's why the Spirit of God is on you today. Let me read it to you this way. He said, he sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes and joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. I love it, man. Rach, would you come? Thanks and giving. If there's one thing that we can get better at, 
It's praise. It's giving thanks. Listen to me. We're in a month right now where hopelessness is going to grow around a lot of your friends and family members. And if you're not careful, the news feeds are selling it, everyone's selling it, you might buy it if we don't refix our eyes on some things. Now, for those of you that get a sense right now, here's my hope. This is how we're going to end today's service. I'm hoping that you go home and practice this, that this is not a sermon. You don't need another sermon. You need to do, be doers of the word and not just hearers, James said. So there's some of you that are struggling right here in this room. And I thought about this. In three weeks, we're going to take communion together. Why don't we just do it today? I don't know why. I just felt like we need to do it that day and not today. But I'm going to read the passage of communion just for a moment. Because I think it's really good for you to hear. Please, go home and do communion with your family. Go home and give thanks with your family. Go home, like, do this with your friends. Jesus was broken on the night he was about to be betrayed. In Luke chapter 22, Jesus said in verse 19 that he took some bread and then he gave thanks to God for it. Check this out. Some of you are really overwhelmed in your emotions and you're struggling with depression, anxiety, fear. Maybe you're just overwhelmed in life right now. It's got you beat up. What I love about what Jesus says is that this is my body and he gave thanks for it. And then he broke it. I love it. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Hey, just for a second, think about this. If you're struggling in your own life, what if you're struggling for my victory? You could still give thanks in the midst of brokenness. And Jesus is doing that. And he literally knows the weight of the world is going to be upon his shoulders. And he says, I'm about, to get, I'm about to be broken. God, I thank you. What in your life can we give thanks for? What in life is difficult right now that you can give thanks for? James chapter 1 says, They counted all joy when we fall into trials. And it feels like sometimes in Christianity that when we're going through hardship, that this can't be God. Give thanks. Give thanks. Praise the Lord. It's a weapon of massive warfare. And I believe it will bring a a great breakthrough of God's presence in your life. Would you all bow your heads for a second and close your eyes? Hey, if, if you're here today and you are struggling with some things going on in your life, I want to pray for you just where you are. No one's going to come and embarrass you, but if you if you say, you know what, I, I am struggling with some things going on inside, would you stand to your feet right where you are right now? God bless you. Anxiety, I'm coming after you in Jesus' name. Depression, we're coming for you in Jesus' name. Confusion, we're coming for you in Jesus' name. We tear you down in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And I pray over them right now the peace that passes all understanding. The Prince of Peace. Father, you're with them. And you alone are good. You are faithful. You are faithful. You are faithful. You are faithful. And breakthrough is coming right now. 